everybody. Welcome to A Lot of Things, my top 10 games of 2018 list. This is the podcast where we talk about entertainment, all things, video games, movies, music, books, uh, people, you should read books. They're pretty awesome. Uh, you know, they have like information in them and entertainment and they're like really important. <laughs> and also other forms of entertainment. Tons of stuff we talk about. Today we're talking about the top 10 games, my top 10 games of 2018. Now, this is with a caveat that I have not played a lot of Switch this year because I left it on a plane. Yes, I know. You can cry for me, Argentina, because that is depressing. And what's more depressing is that when I left it on the plane, someone didn't just pick it up after me and go like, Hey, dude, you left your Switch here. Dude, Dude, come back. Here it is. But no, they took it and kept it as their own. Depressing. So anyways, Switch is not on this list. Um, I have played a bunch of games that kind of made it to Switch, uh, probably on Steam. But this is the top 10 that I have in my memory banks, the things that I go, oh, 2018? Yeah, these things. And they are in a particular order. Because sometimes you hear those lists in no particular order. This is a particular order. There is definitely a number one, and it is definitely my favorite experience. So let's get into it, and then a little bit of housekeeping at the end. Let's start off right now with number one, Donut County. You play as a raccoon who creates a hole that sucks up things into it. That's kind of it. But the story is quirky, weird, reminds me of Night in the Woods, kind of. A bunch of unusual characters uh, going through an unusual story and kind of political at the end in a weird way with the environment. Uh, Very cool. I was waiting for it to come out for a long time. Very happy that it's out. Uh, 100% worth buying that game. It's a short one, but I really burned right through it because I wanted to know what was going to happen. Uh, Donut County, very weird and awesome. Uh, Next up, Moonlighter. This is a game that I didn't think I would like. (laughs) I said that weird. I didn't think I'd like it at all. Because essentially roguelike games make me freak out. Any game where I have to like go do a bunch of stuff and I feel like my progress is just reset makes me want to die. Uh, Pull out my hair and be over with. But this one was cool because of the shop mechanic. So you go down into a dungeon, you find stuff, uh, you're trying to get to the bottom... But along the way, you're basically picking up stuff to sell in your store or upgrade your weapons as well. You can kind of do either one. But the store aspect is so fun because you get to price your items and you watch the people come in and like bid on your items and say like, hey, I think this is a great price or geez, this is a little too expensive. And they put it back down and it is addictive to do that. Um basically picking different prices and seeing if people like them or not. And then there's like another competing store owner and you're like trying to beat his prices out. Man, oh man, the store aspect of that game made me play it for a long time. Moonlighter. And if you like roguelikes, you're going to really like it because there's all that element. But I mainly did the store stuff. Uh, Next on the list, number three, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, There was a little controversy around uh, some of the creators of the game. I'm not sure what that is. I didn't do my due diligence on all the research on who did what, etc., etc. But I'm talking about the game itself. You can go ahead and research, you know, the developer, etc. But Kingdom Come Deliverance basically created this world 
that reminded me of Skyrim and one of my favorite games of all time, Ultima 7. These worlds where it feels like you can do whatever you want and there's going to be consequences and it's going to be weird. Uh, unusual things can happen because you can kill anybody and do anything, but you also struggle because there's no magic and no fantasy. It's just like old school medieval times and you are trying to like learn how to fight with a sword. And that was difficult. And the combat is not the best, but it was a little more towards that realism thing where everything felt like a struggle until I got better. Uh, I really like what they did, and it's just a really immersive world that I was lost into. I mean, I did nothing else but, like, wake up and go into Kingdom Come Deliverance. Like, it's crazy. Number four is Far Cry 5. This is a really cool game that I thought was going to be a little different from all the promotional material. It seemed pretty dark and about a cult in Montana. And I felt like it was going to be darker than it was. And of course you get into the game and it's Far Cry and there's like crazy explosions and jumping over cows and whatever. So all that stuff's still in there and can take you out of the story mission that they put you on with this cult leader and uh, basically winning back little villages and towns from their cult. But the ending, which I won't spoil, kind of changes all of what you were doing the whole time and puts a spin on it. And then if you have been spoiled by looking at the new game that's coming out, that's a little bit of a tell on what happens at the end. But I won't spoil any of that because I think you should just not watch any of that stuff and just play Far Cry 5 because it is very fun. And if you like role play it, like sometimes a game won't be as serious as you think. And then if you kind of role play serious and like do actions that are more serious, then you can kind of stay in that mindset. And that's what I did with Far Cry 5. I felt like I didn't do any like really outlandish stuff. Except there is a gif of me smashing to a sign and the sign was tr stuck inside my truck. Um, you know, glitches are going to make it weird. But Far Cry 5, love it. Monster Hunter World is next on my list. This is a game that if you have never played a Monster Hunter game, it's the perfect way in. They did some quality of life stuff. It's really easy to jump into. I swore I would never go back to Monster Hunter because of I didn't want to sharpen my sword ever again because that's bullshit. <laughs> Monster Hunter fans, come at me. No, I just don't want to have to sharpen my sword all the time, and I feel like the version I played before I did... This one I didn't have to do as much, and it didn't like I could still attack monsters without it being like the sharpest swords. And I liked all the different weapons, and I liked the playability, uh, and a little bit more of the RPG ness to it, because uh, they did have a story. And yeah, I mean, it's I spent 80, 90 hours with this thing, and at some point I got frustrated with, you know, just grinding for gear. But that being said, it brought me back in. It's high on my list. So Monster Hunter World, 100% you should check it out, especially if you're a Monster Hunter fan. It is a ultimate version of it. Uh, next is a game I just picked up recently, but I will probably be playing forever. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, yeah, that is an incredible game. It kind of expands on Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, RPG quality to it, uh, loot drops, getting new weapons, upgrading your character. It does something I don't 100% like, which is a leveling system where it levels the enemies to match you 
Uh, I think in story missions mainly, some of the side missions, it doesn't level up, and so you can still kind of grind a little bit. But I feel like it takes away some of the grinding aspect. Um, so whether that's positive or negative, in your opinion, that's what they do. Uh, but even even with that, some of the storylines are similar to like The Witcher, where you want to see what these little storylines are on all these millions of missions you can do. There's like a little signpost in every little village, and it says, hey, how about do these 12 things? And I'm usually like, okay, I'll do all 12 of them. Because, yeah, it's addictive. It is an addictive game. I will never probably ever stop playing it. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All right, here is the top four. Uh, and this is in a particular order. And it might get some people talking. First, Dragon Quest Eleven. Another good in for the series, if you've never played Dragon Quest. Man, oh man, I have. And this was just, again, an ultimate version of Dragon Quest. Beautiful. But it does take a long time to play. And even after the ending, you've got to keep playing. Because the true ending is after the ending. Does that make sense? It's been happening a lot in video games, by the way. I've been noticing that. But everything about this, perfect JRPG, uh, just great. I was so excited for it. I couldn't wait for the console. I played it on Steam, and I pushed my PC to the limit. Actually, that's not true. It it ran pretty good. Like, I didn't have to worry about it too much, but every once in a while the fan would kick on and be like, hey, calm down here, dude. Dragon Quest, all right. I guess we'll deal with it. Man, oh, man. There's not much to say. It's just it's super long, uh, very good, our JRPG. Number three, God of War. Not number one, if you notice. Deal with it. Very good. Uh, changed the series up. It made it about a father and son journey, which was really cool, and I had never played that before, including moments of, well, I can't say it because it's a spoiler. Uh, very cool ending as well, and a twist. And yeah, everything about it was great. It's got the action that God of War has, but it also has uh, discovery, and you can take your time and find new different little side adventures. And very good. Uh, excelente. Uh, muy bueno. The thing is, it's not number one and two. You know what? You know what beat out God of War, in my opinion? I'm almost whispering it. Just Cause 4. And I'll tell you why. It is a blast. Blasts happen as well. Physics-based, open world is my jam. And they just do it the best. And it doesn't even matter that it's not, not much different than Just Cause 3. All this like kind of people talking on the internet, oh, it's the same thing. It's not. It's better. It's got weather. There's tornadoes. You can ride a tornado and it's just more of the same yeah but a little bit better and that's all I need when it comes to Just Cause 4 and what's interesting is two things one Spider-Man which is not on my list which is the first interesting thing but the other interesting thing is that Spider-Man is like just too I don't know clinical like clean like uh, no physics I mean you could throw a trash can every once in a while uh, and I made some gifts of that. But the people aren't really even there. Um, and in Just Cause 4, everything is living and breathing. And a car could go crashing off the side of the road. And 
you know, a person jumps over this thing and uh, an airplane flies by and it just feels like a world. And I don't know if I can go back now to the Spider-Mans of the world where, yeah, it just feels video gamey. And I guess that's fine because, you know, for the the superhero adventure part of it. But, man, I, I, it was hard for me to go back to it. And it, it made me push up Just Cause 4 higher in the list because it made this world that I really liked being inside. And when that DLC comes out, which is about, like, I think probably zombies or something, demons, I'm going to play the hell out of it. It's a great world to be in. I have a million gifts, by the way, from that game. One that actually got two million views uh, where I turned people in the cows, which is a whole other thing. But, uh, yeah, okay, I've talked about it enough. It's incredible. Just Cause 4. Weird world. Uh, really fun. Just a fun game. Number one is pretty easy. Red Dead Redemption 2. It makes me so much more appreciative of the first game, which I know sounds weird, but it didn't beat. But now I'm going back and playing it because I totally understand where uh, the whole story started and where it is now in Red Dead. Like I know the journey to get to how Red Dead starts, and that is incredible. I'd never felt that actually, I think. Overall, incredible game, and it has this music that just is sweeping and comes in at the right times. Uh, I got really good at shooting near the end with that slow motion effect, which made me impressed because I'm not good at shooting anything in video games. But I got really good, and it helped me um, feel like part of the character and everything. So, And I love Arthur's story, and I love, yeah, just the whole world that they created. So, again... Hard to go back to something else that's video gamey because this world, I mean, everything had, it felt like it had consequences and people remembered stuff you did. That world is amazing and that game is amazing and is definitely number one. Real quick, jumping back to Spider Man, another thing that, you know, it doesn't do like these newer, fuller worlds do. No one lives in New York in Spider Man. Go ahead and look. Go walk around the buildings. I did as Spider Man. And I went in all the buildings, or I didn't go in them, but I looked in all the windows, and there ain't nobody in there. No one lives in New York. Also, in the offices, no one's working there either. So how can I put that even on my list now? I mean, put in some 2D characters, you know, going back and forth a little, something. It's just hard to go back. So Just Cause 4, Red Dead 2, both top two games, and because... A lot of it is because of that world that they created for me. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey is really close to that, too. Okay, that's my list. Check it out. Check those games out. But here are some runners-up. Pool Panic. Pool Panic is an adventure game where you play as a pool ball, hitting other pool balls who have weird like characters to them and different traits. And some are hiding in trees, and some are birds, and some are in, in a barn and it is a weird ass game that I've been waiting for for a long time it delivered it is weird and beautiful pool panic get you some pool panic another weird one that just made it to consoles uh, so we can call it 2018 but I've been playing it for a while Nippon Marathon you run it's kind of like a Japanese talk show it's a race where you're running against other people and it's physics based so you fall and have to jump and your limbs go everywhere 
and dogs attack you and you throw bananas and oh my goodness. Nippon Marathon, 100% should be on your list. And Xenoblade Chronicles, very good game. Just barely missed my list. Um, I think only because I stopped playing it and I got a little frustrated, but for the most part, it was a really cool uh, experience. And I will also throw in Piffle, which is a mobile game, because I can't stop playing it. I've played it every time I pick up my phone almost. Uh, it's like a little cat. You like throw little cat heads. Yeah, that doesn't sound right, but it's true. And uh, you throw these cat heads at like, um, it's like Breakout, Arkanoid or whatever. So you're like a little cat person and you're throwing cat heads and there's power-ups. And all I know is that the people who made Crossy Road made it. And it is addictive as hell. And yes, there's monetization in it. And yes, there's like booster packs and blah, blah. But I don't use any of that, and I have a great time with it. And I'm actually pretty damn good at it. So Piffle, if you're on your phone, check it out. And I will say this is my last runner-up that I just downloaded as of this moment of recording. Tetris Effect. I just know it's going to be good. That's it. That is my list of games. Check out those games. Let me know what you think is your top ten. And you can tell me on Twitter. O-N-A-W-A, or a lot of things pod, at a lot of things pod. That is our Twitter for the show. We're going to be restarting in January, and also in January is going to be more discussion podcasts, a bunch more. We're going to be doing them online so that I can actually talk with a ton of people. Uh, so we'll do them on, via Google Hangouts. Uh, and those are coming in January with a little bit of a tweak on the format of the show. And if you're in Seattle, in January 10th, uh, 9 p.m. at the Rendezvous. We're going to do a comedy show. So I'm basically calling it A Lot of Things Live. Not a podcast, but it's actually just a weird live comedy sketch show with stand-up and improv. Some of the weird stuff that comes up on this podcast and ideas we have, uh, kind of throwing them all into a show that's weird. And also just other sketches. Uh, a ton of other people are helping with that. So January 10th, 9 p.m. at the Rendezvous. Uh, it's in the Grotto. If you can make it out, come hang out in Seattle. And with that, I'm going to go play Tetris Effect, and I'll see you in 2019, which means we should definitely have robots and flying cars. <laughs>